of something for the people i am your venerable host be smooth and today my wonderful illustrious guest is the very talented very lovely very dangerous <laughs> miss shelby sheree shelby how are you good i'm great thanks for having me um how are you <laughs> i am doing well it is 2021 and i hope yes. we don't have a repeat of 2020 hopefully it gets better Fingers crossed. <laughs> Starting off kind of crazy though already, so. Yeah, so yeah, you know, and then just just a little, you know, taking over the the government, you know. But, but yeah, you know, just a little little breaking into the. You know. <laughs> to the capital. You know, we need to do something about our whites. We haven't. We're not keeping them in control. We need to do something. About yeah, they not. They're not in line. <laughs> they they out of control right now. Yeah, you know, people from Canada send us letters. Control your whites. They're they're sneaking <laughs> over the border. We're gonna have to build a wall. <laughs> <sighs> Disturbing the the other the other whites. Like we we're in, we in, yeah you know I've been in Toronto. The uh, civilized Vancouver. whites. Those those are very like, very civilized whites. I'm like yes, they're very polite. Yes. I'm like yes, good white people. You've been trained well. Right, <laughs> ours they out of control. Yeah. All right, so let's uh, let's get started. Uh, Miss Cherie, yes. where were you born? I was born in Chicago, Illinois, um, and I've been here my whole life. Uh, I've traveled, but I've never lived anywhere else. So, born and bred on the South Side. Um, what neighborhood? Yeah. Um. Technically, well, I uh, I kind of like lived in like three different areas, but like when I was like a young girl, uh, I was like on ninety first and Halstead in that on that in that area, but then we moved east for a little while, and I was on like seventy six and East End like by the Regal Theater. Mm-hmm. And then we moved like to our home on 105th at Aberdeen. So that's like in Washington Heights. It's like between Beverly and Roseland. Okay, so you're you're all over the south south side, so okay, what was it like? Yeah, like I'm super south side. <laughs> okay. So tell us, what was it like growing up? Um growing up was I had a pretty good childhood. I really didn't realize, like, how, um, how, like, kind of dangerous things were, even, like, then. Like, I just always felt safe. Um, I felt more safe, I think, as a child than I do even now as an adult. But just, like, getting older, you just are more aware so that's part of it but um 
like when I was a kid, like when we lived on Halstead, uh, we had like a fenced in backyard and we would just always be in the yard. And then um, we would like my, my mom and my neighbors, uh, like it was, she was like a single mom with two daughters. And so like we would play, but they would like leave our apartment doors open and like let us play between apartments and stuff like that. And then when I was like on the, like when I lived on East End, like we, ne- like I never was able to like really even, I couldn't even go all the way down to the other end of our block. Like I could only go to the middle of the block. And then like we had like a little small thin gangway in between the buildings where we would play. Like I would play with my, our neighbors from downstairs. But then we moved to our house. Like, I was a little bit older. I was, like, maybe, I want to say, like, maybe between, like, nine. How old was I? 2006. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I was, like, nine, ten, or something like that. And so, <clears throat> I really didn't have the desire to go outside like that. Like, at that point, like, I really was just, like, trying to be on the phone. And I was talking on the phone at an early age. And then, like, I went to summer camp every summer. So, like, I, you know, I would just be in camp. And then besides that, like, I didn't really try to go outside or anything like that. Um, so, I don't know. Like, but I just never realized, like, growing up on the south side that, like, you know, people get killed all the time. And people get robbed and shot. Like, I, like... And my mom was the police. Like, so I felt like, you know, I just was very, uh, I was sheltered, but not in a way that I felt impeded or, like, negatively impacted, like, my socialization or anything like that. But I just was really protected. Like, I didn't know that it was even all this crazy stuff going on. So when I got older and realized, like, all the injustice that happens and just, like, all the danger I was just like kind of in shock, you know, like, wait a minute. You're like, Mom, what? Like, did, did you read the paper? Like, they're right, people, people are getting killed every day, right? Literally. When did this that's, happen? That's down the street. No, seriously, <laughs> and me, that's really like when I started to really like pay more attention. I was in shock, like, because I had no idea. Because I would just, I never really experience any like extreme violence firsthand and to get older and like start learning more about it and knowing how close to home it always was and always has been was definitely startling to me but um overall I would say I had a pretty good childhood I always had friends I was uh, like always on summer camp and I did like extracurricular activities when I was in school and stuff like that um so it was cool, but high school was pretty stressful for me. <laughs> okay. so, but I mean, <laughs> besides that, I feel like that's like a thing for everyone, though. <laughs> okay, so before we get into the, the stressful time, so you were born like in the <laughs> mid the mid nineties, right? So you're the early nineties. Early nineties. Okay, I'm, I'm ninety two. Okay, ninety two. I'm not thirty yet. <laughs> So, yeah, you're slightly, I think you're a year older than my sister. She was born in 93. Mm -hmm. 
Oh yeah. Mm-hmm. Same month as all of us. So. <laughs> yep. Yeah. Yeah. Okay, so you so you were around when like you you probably but you were you said you were kind of protected like when Chicago had like nine hundred murders a year and it was crazy yeah. and like like twelve year old boys were like committing murders and getting killed by gang. yeah <laughs> so yeah. So, like, what was what was your family life like that afforded you the ability not to know about, like, murders? All that stuff. Yeah. Because <laughs> I grew up um, and I was like, yeah, I was like, yeah, so-and-so got shot. I'm six years old. I'm like, man, could you turn back on the cartoons? <laughs> and, okay, and so, like, I really just, like, my parents, we just, we really just didn't talk about it a lot. Like, my mom being a police officer, my grandfather was a police officer also. Like, I feel like when they, when she came home, there were some things, yes, she would talk about, but it wasn't, like, daily conversation. Like, they focused on, like, how was school? What did you do today? Like, what did you learn? What, you know, what do you want to do? Like, I feel like my mom was always checking in with me, like, okay, this year, like, what do you want to do? Like, do you, like, what's going to be your extracurricular? Or it, it was just really focused on, like, what we wanted to do. And then there were parameters set, but, like, it was, you know, it was surrounded around, I want you guys to be safe, or I want you to... You know, it would just kind of be like general blanket statements, like you know, like it's it's, it's rough out here, or it's dangerous people, or you know, I was aware that you know, certain people did kill and murder other people, but like I wasn't so privy to it to like know it was happening every day all the time, because like it would just be like I felt like my mom told me what was going on without like being so detailed that it would like scare me because she knew that I'm a very sensitive person and I feel like she just really didn't maybe want to stress me out as much as she knew that it might at a young age yeah so she didn't tell you it was a serial like yo yo, Shelby there's a serial rapist and this is what he does first he's going to have to the window (laughs) exactly exactly I would never get any sleep like she didn't want her 12-year-old being like, can I get in the bed with you because the guy is going to come through the window. You know what I mean? So it's like, I feel like she just did what she, the best she could to, like, make, enforce, like, strong rules. Like, where it's like, okay, we know that, you know, this is my curfew um, when I'm, I'm when I'm driving something. Like, when I, was, when I had a car in high school, like, when I'm driving somewhere, like, she would want to know, like, where I was going. We even, like, even to this day, to this day, Brandon, my mom has my location. Like, we've we've been sharing locations since she was letting me leave the house alone. Like, literally. Like, there's an app called Life360. It's developed over the years. Like, and it's, it's a lot more intrusive now than what it used to be. But, like, I've had that for a long time time where it's like my mom can just pinpoint and see my exact location and I just you know was I chalked it up to being a parent like where it's like she's just paranoid 
you know, she just want to make sure I'm not at a boy's house or make sure I say that I am where I say I am. But, like, I know that the underline and the undertone of that was just my general safety now that I'm older. Just because, like, Chicago is such a, like, rough city. And it's not rough everywhere, but the fact that, like, I can go, what, I mean, my house on 105th, I can go, like, like three three blocks one way and I'm in Beverly and then I go th- three four blocks the other way across the tracks the other way and I'm in Roseland so it's just like there is no real like okay stay in this area and we'll be fine or stay over here and it's 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 cool like so so it's just like you see across there there's there, see those guys smoking crack don't go over there <laughs> <laughs> Their family with the sunshine and all that stuff. Yeah, you go over there. Right. It was a little puppy dog and they bring their groceries in. You go over there. Like, yeah. So in the summers, I stayed in camp. So all day long, five days a week, you know, poop, tired out. And then at a certain age, like, like I was in camp from whenever you can first start camp. So what, five or something? I was in camp from five. Until I was 13, I remember begging my mom, like, please, because, like, the last year that you can be there, like, without being, like, too old, I think it's 13, like, 12 or 13. And I remember the last year, I'm like, mom, this is the last year, can I please just not? And she was just like, no, like, you have to go. Like, so I was, like, the oldest one there. And then, you know what that turned into? Me being, like, the assistant or, like, the helper of, like, the counselor. And so they were like, Shelby, you should just be a junior counselor. And then so the next summer, I was a junior counselor. And I was, like, getting, that was, like, my first little job or whatever. Um, But, like, it was, like, for, you know, the high school hours or whatever. Like, because you can't technically work, even Mm -hmm. though I was. And then, um, but then after that, I'm like, no, like, I am not becoming a counselor. Like, no. But it's funny because now I know, like, I feel like I will put my children in summer camp. <laughs> they will be doing something through the summer, even though, like, after a while. Even I when eat, they're 13 I'm... and they want to do hood rap <laughs> stuff with their friends, which you said, yep, you know, you yep, can't yep, do it. Yup, 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 even then, because I'm like, I... Well, mama, they're out like, there doing hood rap stuff. I want to do it, too. Right, they twerking. <laughs> I want to do... <laughs> oh, no, I got to tell you, I got to tell you a story with that, uh... I remember, okay. like, I saw my uh, my little cousin. She was, like, 12 years old. And I had another cousin who was, like, at the time, she was, like, one years old. And I went over there to, like, oh, drop something Lord. else. And I went over there, and my cousin and her, her cronies were just twerking in the street, like, really hard, too. And I asked, I'm like, and I'm like where's, the, uh, where's the little baby at? And they was like, she over there. Like, she was on the curb. <laughs> she was on the curb. So, get your kids in camp. (laughs) Yes, keep your kids in camp. Seriously. No, for real. So, yeah. Um, A summer camp during the summer, school, all school year, you know, and then the times, like, on the weekends, like, I was cool with just, like, being at home, you know? So, um, growing up this time, did there was there, like, anything, like, in school? Like, I remember when I was growing up, we had D.A.R.E. Did you have D.A.R.E.? 
drug yeah, resistance education. Yeah. And we had dare for sure. Did that keep you off of drugs and or gangs? I've never been in a gang and I didn't start I smoked weed for the first time at 19. No, they, they, don't, so they, don't, they, don't, I, they don't count anymore because so, it's legal now. I don't count no more. Yeah, so I feel, but <laughs> however, I don't think that there was the reason that I did not do that. Like, from what I remember about there, it really was just like some guy coming in like, yeah, like, and I think it was like a police officer or something. Yeah, like, it was a cop. That was, that was like the duty they, they gave the cops. Yeah, to okay, do so the Right, the police officer comes in, like, maybe once a school year or something, and is like, all right, kids, do you know what, you know, drugs are? Do you know what it does to your mind? And talking, like, trying to, like, scare you, I guess, into being, like, these drugs, these, you know, they, they talk about all the hard drugs first. And then they're like, but, you know, weed, that's a gateway to all the hard stuff. So all of it is just bad. Like, just don't do any of it. And then they talk about gangs and gang violence. And then, like, I, but to me, I don't know how long they were actually in the room. But to me, it felt like they were there for probably, like, an hour. And then they leave. And it's just like, okay. And to me, it's just like, what is that really doing for us? Oh, they, like, they did a study on that. It was a... Uh... They found out that if you went through D.A.R.E., you were more likely to, like, try hard drugs because you were, the, the uh, D.A.R.E. cop You're introduced introducing you to, it to them. They was just like, yeah. hey, you, can, you can get that, huh? Oh, man, I'm going to do that cocaine. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, seriously, though, because I felt like I was, I remember doing D.A.R.E. when I was at Kipling, which was my elementary school. And so it's just like a lot of the times, like I mean, like if like like I said, my parents kind of sheltered me a little bit. It's like I didn't know what that stuff was until you come in talking about it. And then for kids who are curious, and then because we, I mean, we didn't have access like the kids do now, but we still had like some sort of access to like internet and googling and stuff like that. So it's just like I'm looking at this stuff like wondering what it is and what it does because this guy has come in and now told me that there's a substance that can you know numb your feelings and put you you know put you out of your mind basically it's like what is this so as a small child I feel like it will make you more curious about it sooner just because like it's something that a stranger like, not even someone you trust, like, someone, something a stranger is introducing to you, like, that your parents never told you about or didn't go into detail about, so it's going to make you more curious about it, because, like, hmm, you know, kind of like the forbidden fruit, it's like, what's, what is this stuff? What's this? This, 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 this cocaine you speak of, what is this? What does it do? <laughs> Seriously, so, uh, yeah, I mean, I, I stayed away from that stuff, but, um, I don't think it was because of dare. Honestly, um, one, I feel like I just never was in a crowd where it was like 
even accessible to me. Like, none of my friends were trying to, like, drink or smoke or anything at a young age and stuff like that. So I never felt like, oh, my friends are doing Like, I never felt the peer pressure because none of my peers were doing it. And then I didn't really hang out around people that were older than me. Like, all of my friends, even, like, my cousins that I'm close to are close in my to my age. So... I don't feel like I ever really got introduced to anything really young. The only thing I ever really saw young was drinking and, like, cigarette smoking. And that's because those were the vices of, like, my parents and my grandparents. My Like, my grandparents smoked cigarettes. And personally, being around it, it's like, I just never liked the smell. So I never really wanted to do it. And then with drinking, like, I just kind of understood that it was something that you do when you're an adult like like I never (laughs) (laughs) like I never drank in high school I never like snuck drinks as a kid like I don't know I just I don't know I did drink for the first time with my parents though at 18 before I went to college they were like you need to know what it feels like when you drink wine what it feels like when you drink like it's hard liquor, so if anyone puts anything in your drink, you know that this is not like how drunk feels, like or yeah. you know what I mean. So you I drink for the first time you, with them. Give me your first roofie, like this is a Bill Cosby drink. <laughs> <laughs> so when you pass out in three minutes and wake back up, you'll know. And you wake up in your coogee sweater, you know who did it. Not coogee sweater. Right. Oh, well, so, so speaking of that, what was your relationship like with your parents? Um, I have a pretty good relationship with my parents. Um, I, me and my mom. So, like, okay, so my mom and my stepdad got into a relationship when I was five. Mm-hmm. Um, and when I, by the time I was like six or so like she had gotten pregnant with my brother and my parents have been together ever since but they didn't get married until like 2006 i think but um yeah don't don't want to rush it in fact i think they probably should have waited till now i think now would be the time <laughs> <laughs> no and so many people so many people thought that they were married but like they just wait like like i said like when i was um yeah, like, because it was probably, like, a year or so after we had moved into the house, so, um, but, like, my relationship with my mom was really close because, like, my dad, like, I don't really remember him around much during my childhood, um, so it was, like, to me, it was just, like, just me and my mom, like, and so we were always really close, and then when she met my stepdad, I took a liking to him right away. Like, he, me and him have always been um, pretty cool, but we just have, like, a different dynamic. Like, I feel like because he was, like, stepping in, like, as a stepdad, like, he never really, like, um, like, initiated, like, much discipline or stepped in and, like, took the forefront like a lot of things like or final decisions like even if he was present for the conversation would be like told to me or said by my mom 
even if it was something they agreed on together or talked about, like, it was more so coming from my mom. And so, so, so he'll um, come in and say, like, uh, you know, your mom has decided for us that we're going <laughs> to. No, this is what it would be. No, let me tell you exactly because it's so funny to me because I, like, make jokes about it all the time now that I'm grown. It would be like, okay, so I'm in my room, right, and the door is closed. And, like, me and my mom are already home. And then I'll hear him say, he'll be like, you need to tell your daughter she needs to clean that bathroom before she, she try oh, to go out. Oh, and then my mama, three seconds later, oh, <laughs> uh, Shelby, <laughs> you need to clean the bathroom. And I'll be like, oh, so he, uh, he didn't want to be the bad guy. <laughs> yeah, basically, basically. And I remember the one time, I remember one time, like, I had, like, snuck off like this is in high school I snuck off and like went to the movies and I wasn't even supposed to have a boyfriend or whatever and like it was like the first time he like confronted me like he was just like so pissed like that we had like that I had like lied to them and like snuck off or whatever and he was like and he honestly if I'm being so honest he wasn't even like yelling he really did just like he you get, know he that gave man Lion King. he said you deliberately disobeyed me <laughs> literally he was just giving me like a stern like talking to and i was just like so distraught i was like crying i'm like oh my god it's like he but then like from that point when he made me cry like i feel like we've never had a conversation like that ever again like it literally like everything was like funneled through my mom um but like well, my parents, like, I feel like I could always come to my mom and talk to her about things um, if I needed to. Like, even even things I was nervous about, like, I knew I could come in and be like, okay, like, I guess I'm going to tell you. Like, like you know, I don't want to get in trouble or, like, or like don't, like, don't be mad. Like, but I got to, like, I felt like she was a safe space for me always. Like, if I needed to talk about anything and, like, where it's, like, I know that I won't be punished if I'm honest, like, or if I tell the truth about something, especially if it was, like, a mistake. You know what I mean? Like, if I'm, like, I know I shouldn't have did this, but I still did it, and this is, like, the situation, this is bad, but, like, you know, and it may be, like, a little something where it's, like, you know, she's upset and expressing that she's mad or, like, disappointed or something like that, but, like, I've never gotten, like, severely punished for, like, just not making the right choice. And that made me feel safe to come to her in certain situations where like I was made uncomfortable or, you know, I was challenged, you know, way that like, I didn't feel like I knew how to handle or something like that. So I never felt like I had like high. Um, I did wish like when I was younger that me and my stepdad were a little bit closer. Um, because like we didn't really talk a lot about a lot but I feel like it just took us some time like to get our footing in our dynamic and I feel like we're closer now um and that just I think it just like comes with time like with blended families just like you know kind of but we always play our bonding thing was we played like games so we always like would play like Clue or Uno or Sorry, or like we had like a bunch of games, or like when back in the do you remember seeing it? What? Seen it? No, I don't know what that is. 
Oh my gosh. Okay, it's this game, and they have so many versions, but it's this game that you would, like, play through the TV. It was, like, one of the first games you would play, like, through the TV. But it was, like, about, like, movie trivia and stuff like that. Nah. So we would, like, play, we would play a lot of games together and, like, go on, like, family trips and stuff um, mm. as, like, bonding. So we would do, like, fun stuff. But, like, it didn't get to... Like, me and my dad really didn't have, like, a lot of, like, one-on-one moments or, like, heart-to-hearts. Like, if we did go out, it would be, like, me, him, and my brother. Or, like, it would be all the four of us or something like that. Like, me and my dad didn't go out for the first time together until I was, like, grown. Like, with just me and And he gave you a a beer and a a box of condoms and said, have fun. (laughs) No, literally. (laughs) He got me so drunk. I had never... And this was, I was like, like, he just let me drink, like, because, but I was so grown by then, I should have known, like, my own limit, but, like, I got so drunk, I was, like, I was, like, 25, and I was just having, like, the best time, because I'm, like, oh, my God, like, I was my dad, we're drinking, uh, we should have hooked out like, we're singing karaoke, like, dude, like, it was just so fun, and then, like, the next day, I literally... We thought I was dying. I'm like, I've never been this hungover in my life. Like, I need to go to the hospital. It was so crazy. My mom was so pissed. (laughs) My mom was so mad. But they were recording me that night when I came home because I was just, like, acting so silly and stuff. And I didn't even know, like, what was going on because I was, like, so out of it. But, yeah, good times. Good times. Good times. Good times. Right, and this so, actually wasn't even that long ago, so it's even so, funnier. Uh, you say you mentioned your brother. What was your relationship with your uh, brother? Because I have a younger sibling, but we didn't we didn't like live together. So okay, so we we would see each other like you know, you know, like blended families. Like so it's, it's my yeah, dad, it's my and passing holidays. It's, it's my dad's weekend, so I guess I got to go over here. Mm, <laughs> so, okay, so one of those things. So. And, uh, but when we got older, that's when we got, we got real closer now than as adults than we were, like, as children. And plus, it's kind of yeah. like a, we got like a, uh, seven year age gap, so. Yeah, that's the same with me and my brother. Me and my brother are about six years apart. Yeah. Um, I'm 28, turning 29, and he's 22. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, and I would honestly say that my brother and I, we're, if to me, um, it feels like we were, oh, I think we lost Shelby, but we'll be right back. Relationship with your brother as adults, I guess. 
Hold on one second. <laughs> but this, this is not a professional podcast at all. when he was the most annoying is when I would have my friends over. Oh, you gotta be annoying then. That's the perfect time. Yeah, he, right, I feel like he, you know, just one, wanted to get like laughs out of it, but he probably had like crushes on some of my friends too, you know? But because he's so young, it's just like he's just being a nuisance. Um, And like we just were into different things. Like, we were two different, we're very different people. And so, coming into my teenage years and him, like, becoming, like, a, a like a kid, we kind of, like, grew apart a little. But we never really, like, like I said, like, we always had, like, family activities we would do together. So, we traveled a lot and we were, like, play games and stuff. So, I don't feel like we necessarily, like, grew apart. But, like, we, our relationship just looked different. Like he went from being like, "Oh, my little baby," to like, "Okay, you're my you're my kid brother." Like you know, and but like now as we're adults and we're older, I don't spend enough time with him, and I don't feel like I talk to him as much as I would want to. And um, part of that is though he just isn't a very social person in general. <laughs> um, so. I know that, like, if I want our dynamic to look a certain way, that I will have to initiate or put in, like, the effort. And I don't mind doing that because he's my brother. Like, it's not, it doesn't make me feel any type of way. But um, I do feel like sometimes I have, it's a challenge to kind of, like, get the time with him that I want. Like, where we're kind of, like, doing something we both enjoy together, or we actually, like, make solid plans to, like, follow through on them, because, like, both of our work schedules are kind of, they're never consistent, like, we don't have, like, neither one of us work a job where it's like, okay, we're always off on the weekends, we're always off after this time, so our schedules conflict a lot, and then um, he's not really, like, a talk-on-the-phone type of person, it really, we really, I feel like, would have more of, like, a bond if we, like, actually spent the time and talked in person, because he doesn't really do, like, the phone or whatever a lot, uh, like I do, like, I feel like I'm always on the phone, um, that's how I, like, keep up with people, 
But, um, yeah, I feel like, um, I don't know. I do feel like our relationship is a little less, like, involved or close than, like, what I would want it to be, especially considering he is my only sibling. Like, I want us to be, like, like this, like... You know, like, where we just both know. But my thing is, he shows his love and support in a way that does make me comfortable. Like, I don't feel like, you know, he's never there for me or I can't call him and confide in him. Like, I know that if I called him, I was like, I really need to talk. Or, can you come pick me up? Or, um, I'm in a a pinch. Like, can I borrow some money? Like, I know that I can rely on him, like, as a, like close member of my family but just like on an emotional level I wish we like kind of have more of a bond you know okay I see that but I guess moving on uh let's move on to the, the juicy part where the trouble begins yes, with high school what trouble oh high school <laughs> I got to skip out on my 10 year reunion because of COVID oh, were, were you excited for it or were you like I don't care no no, excited. I was like, I, I almost like, I was just like, I don't even know if I'm going to go. Like, even when it was like before COVID, I'm like, do I want to go to my high school reunion? I kind of don't, I don't, I don't think. And like the only reason I was considering going was because I went to the same high school as my cousin. And she ended up marrying like her high school sweetheart and they have like kids and stuff together. And so I'm like, if y'all go, I'll go, like, because I'll, like, have some family there to, like, talk with. But it's, like, the people that I still am in contact with from high school, like, we keep up already. Like, and I just didn't want to go and be being phony because, like, one, I didn't really have a relationship with a lot of people in high school um, like, I was an IB, so, like, I only really knew, like, a small cohort of people really well. <laughs> yeah, that's what they called us, whatever, but I'm just like, whatever. I had to test into a program because, like, my high school, my neighborhood school was Julian, so it was either, like, go to Morgan Park and do, like, IB or World Language or something like that, like, test into one of their programs. So, like, I couldn't really come in as a regular student because I wasn't in the neighborhood. But, um, so, but, it, like, for my class, it was only, like, 60 of us mm-hmm. in IB. And out of those 60 people, like, I probably still am in contact with maybe, like, <laughs> 15 tops, like, just on a general level. But then, like, close, like, where we hang out and stuff, probably, like, three um, so I'm just like, you know, Diamond, Candace, um, we can, <laughs> we get together all the time, like, you know, we have wine nights, like, I don't need to go to the reunion to see y'all, you know what I mean, and I don't know, like, I just felt like my reunion would be, like, high school all over again, but just, like, we're older now, y'all just gonna be, like, standing off in a corner judging me trying to figure out what my what I'm doing with my life and it's like I don't really care to share that with y'all and it just seemed like it was going to be kind of like unorganized anyway so I was just like I'm good on that so I didn't really think I was going to go anyway but then it's like we couldn't 
go because like or do anything because of COVID. So I was just like, even better. Whatever. Do you think like social media has kind of like ruined the idea of the reunion? Because like you can just like um a little bit, yes, yes. I think so. I think it's totally different now because it's like before you really had no way to keep up with what people were doing. So it's natural to be curious about it, especially if you had like. You know, like if you were on a sports team and, you know, y'all spend like so much time together doing things like and you want to know like what they're up to and stuff. But like now it's like you can just get on Facebook and be like, oh, OK, she got married, she had a kid. Like, oh, he started a business. Like, you know, Good for him. <laughs> right. Literally like <laughs> love. <laughs> you can show your support. You can leave a little comment. You know, you can share it with others like. So, I definitely think social media has ruined the idea of high school reunions, for sure. Yeah, but what, what, was, what was high school like for you? Did you, would you wear your baby fat coat all day and, and wait to fight people? <laughs> that is a terrible generalization slash stereotype, okay? Um, I did have a baby fat coat. No, I had a... Did I have a baby fat or a rock aware? I think it was actually rock aware, but I wanted a baby fat coat. I had baby fat jeans, for sure. But nonetheless, I feel like high school was very emotional for me. Um, <laughs> I honestly, if I'm being 100% honest, I was very stressed out for a lot of high school. Um, I definitely had fun. But the stress level was high. Um, I just felt a lot of pressure in a lot of directions. Like, my the program that I was in was very demanding. And then when I was a sophomore, I started to run track. And so that took a lot of my time. And then um, with me calling myself, like being in relationships and having boyfriends and stuff. It was just like a lot. And then, um, I just, I was just like tired a lot. <laughs> and, um, I didn't really feel like I had like a whole lot of fun. Like the only parties I ever went to in high school was homecoming every year. But, like, other than that, like, um, you know, some of my friends sometimes would have, like, little sleepovers for their birthday. But, like, I didn't really, like, do a lot of, like, hanging out, like, with my friends. Like, if my, me and my friends were hanging out as a group, we were working on homework or doing, like, a group project. Literally, or, like, doing, like, a group project or something like that. Like, me and my best friend from grammar school, Angela, like, we've known each other since we were five, and we didn't go to the same high school, so I did spend, like, some of my freer week, but it was so hard, like, we talk about this all the time, like, in our friendship, like, it was easier when she transferred schools when we were in grammar school, because, like, we would just see each other on weekends and stuff like that, but, like, when we got to high school, it was so hard to even see her, like, on the weekends for me, like, because I would just be doing fucking homework all the time, like, I felt like my life was homework, homework and studying for tests. And if not that, then I'm getting ready for, I'm getting ready for a track meet. Like, 
Um, so I didn't do track like all four years of high school because it was just too much for me. And I feel, I've, I still sometimes feel some way that I couldn't, that I didn't feel like I could balance school and like a, a sport or something consistently. Um, I did do yearbook my last two years, um, because it wasn't, like, as demanding, like, time-wise, and that's kind of how, like, I initially got into photography, actually, like, on the, like, I'm using, like, a real camera type of thing, like, because I've always, I've had a digital camera since, like, grammar school, but, um, other than, like, the yearbook, I didn't really do anything else, and I didn't really feel like I could handle it, though, like, I was just so stressed, where it's just, like, I got two, three hours worth of homework every night. Like, how am I doing? (laughs) How am I, like, practicing two? And, I mean, we had seven classes. And then when I got into my junior year, like, five of the seven were IB. And they were, like, I mean, the whole point was to try to get the diploma, the IB diploma. So, we were just doing like a lot of work and then trying to prep for the test so we can like come out and it's like the whole goal was to leave high school and be able to have college go into college with credits already. So it was just like a a lot of extra work for me. Um, And it's like, obviously you could finesse that like on some, yeah, two to three hours worth of homework every night. But like some of it, I'm like, doing in my like lunch period or i'm like you know well, what i mean well, like it, it's just, you don't care about you just like you know I can get right literally <laughs> no yeah seriously so it's like you know it wasn't like literally every single night like that's how much time i was dedicating to work but just like in theory like if i was trying if and I was really, I was trying to get the best grades that I could. Like, not like I was necessarily like, oh my God, like I have to get like straight A's. But I was, I was trying to keep like a B or high B average. So, um, and then I was just like the type of person where I had, I needed to study. Like, I wasn't one of the ones that could just like read something once and then go and like take a test. Like, I had to study. So, for me, even if it wasn't, like, the homework, it was me just studying, especially, like, a subject that I wasn't really the best at. Like, I feel like I'm studying math. And, yeah, I had to, like, work for my grades. So I was just, like, I don't know. Like, I feel like I was smart, but it was, like, partially because I really worked to be smart like not just because like I just you, you could know, hold all this information in my head at once absolutely not and I know so many people that could do that my one of my boyfriends in high school we were like in the same classes right and like we would be up on the phone and like I would be um like working on like a paper or something right and we're on the phone and I'm just typing away typing away, reading, highlighting, and he's just doing whatever the hell, playing a game or whatever the fuck. And then, like, we go to school the next day, and he'd be, like, in first period, like, I don't know, do this paper. Like, he, he's just sitting up there, like, in a computer lab typing it, and then we turn it in, and then, like, 
it's like, yeah, like I might have gotten like the better grade, but like his, like if I got like a a, a A plus, he would get like an A minus or like a B, and I'm like, you did this in thirty minutes. <laughs> Oh, man. oh, he was like, he did. That's a, was, like, yes, and and that's how my brother is, too, because my brother was an IB. But he had a totally different experience than me. Like, it didn't stress him out. Like, I was stressed. He was not stressed. Oh, yeah. Like. Yeah, yeah, you don't want to be like he that. Got, you got to study. You want to study hard? Because I did that in grad. I did that as a grad student. I just threw it the day up. It'd be like a 30-page paper, too. Not 30 pages. I could, and my anxiety, I felt like, for my peace of mind, like, I could not do that. I could not, because, like, it just wouldn't get done. Because when I feel overwhelmed, and I don't know, this can, this is, like, this is kind of, like, this is a bad thing. I, I, I have been working to not be this way so much, but, like, when I get overwhelmed, it's just, like, I just shut down. Like, so. That's your coping mechanism. <laughs> if I know that you know, I have 12 hours to get a 30-page paper done. And by the time, like, I get to, like, the fourth hour and I'm or the sixth hour and I'm not halfway done, I'm like, mm-hmm. I can't do it. Like, or I'll just... It's, like, so many times in high school where it's just, like, if I, ha- like, have four assignments to do, like... I would like that. I would get three of the four done, and that fourth one would just be like, "No, nah, bro, I can't." Like, and my mom would always be like, "It's better to just try, and like turn in something than to get a zero. And that's very true. But like, <laughs> I would just be like, "Shit, this last thing not getting done. Like, I'm so sorry. Like, I can't." <laughs> yeah, I would just kind of like shut down. So I kind of had to like plan like so it'd be like okay you get the syllabus and it's like all right you got you know a test coming up in two weeks I would really be like okay so week one I'm gonna go through these chapters week two I'm gonna do these chapters and I'm gonna look over the notes on this day like I really was like planning it out you were way better than me I was (laughs) but it was so stressful that's why I feel like I didn't have a life and then find out like the like the like two days before we got something to do I'm like okay (laughs) Okay, I'll just read those chapters. I'm good. <laughs> no, literally at the beginning of the year, I would take all my syllabi, write down all my deadlines, and then, like, slowly, like, make, like, a plan to, like, work in everything. Like, what I was going to do on which day and, like, all that. Like, I always had a planner. And it was literally was, like, my life. Like, my Bible. Like, I need to look through my planner. Like, what am I doing today? Like, what am I crossing off? What I got to say for the weekend? Like, Stuff like that because I just would get too overwhelmed if I didn't do that. Like, and I would be looking at people like they were crazy. Like, we'd be like, "We got a test tomorrow." I'm like, "Yes, I'm gonna try to." I'm gonna, what do you mean we got a test tomorrow? Like, yes, we have a test. I've been studying every night. Like, what the fuck are you talking? About? Oh, you, oh, you would have hated me. I'm like, you sure? I'm like, oh, we do. No. Like, man. I hated a lot of I hated a lot of guys in IB because they were like that, and we would all get similar grades, and I would be so fucking pissed. Like, like literally, I'm like a hair over them in GPA. Like, and it's like I could have knocked my stress in half, and then just been at the like the BC average and been a lot happier probably. Like, because what the fuck is high school anyway? Like, once you graduate. 
Like, no one cares. Like, no one cares what the GBA is. Literally, no one cares. No one cares. They don't care about the college GPA. They really don't. And I'm just like, oh my God. Like, if I would have known, like, I wouldn't have been so stressed. Um, But they made it seem like it was just so important that I was just like nervous to do bad. Like, I don't know. Yeah, so high school is a little stressful for me, um, okay. <laughs> academics-wise. But I have some good friends. We pulled each other through it. Like, I had a nice core group of friends that, like, kept me sane. Yeah, it was like y'all was doing time. <laughs> <laughs> no, that's how it felt to me. I was so ready to graduate. You should see. I have this picture of myself from my saying why I used to because my Facebook got hacked and then now I don't have any of my stuff. But I had this picture from my senior year where like literally like I didn't comb my hair like that whole like for like a week and it was just like in this huge fro and I would just like wear a headband because I'm like fuck all y'all like I just can't wait to graduate like I don't care about anybody like I'm a senior like fuck trying to look nice because that's another thing when I was like a freshman. That was a whole thing, too, where I'm like, oh, my God, like, what am I going to wear to school? And I got to make sure my hair is like that. Like, it was just a lot, okay? Like, high school was just a, a oh, lot. I feel so good about being, a, um, about being a guy, man. I ain't care about nothing. <laughs> I show up. Sweat, sweat. Yeah. I have the same pair of jeans. I have, but they, they were different jeans, but they were the same kind. Well, I was like, I was like Bart Simpson, same T-shirt, same kind of T-shirt. Good, you just wear the same thing, like jeans, T-shirt, hoodie. Yeah, Good, that's like it. that's my uniform. No, <laughs> no. Uniform. Right, I was trying to make sure, like, and it's like I don't feel like I ever felt pressured to like get like you know, always be wearing, like, labels or, like, or anything like that, but, like, I did feel pressured to, like, feel like I looked nice, you know what I mean, like, I wanted to make sure, like, you know, if I, even if I was wearing a ponytail, like, make sure it's slicked down, I got my little baby hairs, and my mom started letting me wear, like, eyeliner and, like, mascara, like, I want to wear that, and, like, Making sure, like, my little, I felt like, I, I just wanted to feel like I was cute. You know, like, okay, I look nice today. It was rock aware. That you wore the whole day. It was rock I did not wear my coat all day. Did you have that fan ponytail? No, I had hair. I had a little bun. I had hair, thank you. No, but, like, I know what you mean when you pull it. It was like. It turned into a fan, and they, they eat, like, uh, flavor My hot hair was breakfast. not that short. <laughs> eat flavor Hots for breakfast. And <laughs> I can't. I probably have eaten flavor Hots for breakfast. My lunch was third period. That was still the morning. Oh, my lunch was, uh, my lunch was, uh, fourth period. Like, for two years. I had lunch. For two years, lunch. I had lunch. No, seriously. I had lunch for, uh, I had lunch third period for two years, and I think I had lunch, like, maybe like fifth period for one year and then my last like my last year I had lunch eighth period and I used to always spend it in the yearbook office because it was at the end of the day and I would just like go to yearbook early so let's, so, let's talk about when you uh when you got paroled and you left prison 
went to college. Yeah, <laughs> it went to college. I was so happy. I was so excited. I felt so free. My first roommate was a girl that I went to high school with. She left our sophomore year, but we still kept in touch, and we ended up being roommates. And um, so it was nice that like I had kind of like a familiar face, and I wasn't too far away from home, and I had a car, so. I felt comfortable to where it was like I was away enough to where I'm not like having to live at home and be under my parents' rules and stuff. But I also was close enough to where if I needed to go home, you could go. I could, yeah. And like so, it was very comfortable for me. But like I never really went home. Like I just started going back and forth to the city until like I got a boyfriend and he went to. Columbia in the city and he lived in Chicago so like I would be going home like to see him and stuff or he would come up but like I like before that I was never coming home and then sometimes I would come home and like wouldn't even go see my parents and they would be all mad like you were in Chicago like you didn't even go back there like I was with my man like <laughs> so girl I was with my man girl but College was way better for me. I but and okay, this is the thing. I talk a lot of shit about high school and ID, but I felt so prepared for college. It, college did not stress me out at all until like my last year, when it's kind of supposed to stress you out because it's just like okay, you're trying to finish up and you're going into your career, and it's yeah. just like a lot of like stuff you got to tie up. <laughs> Right, literally. So that part was stressful, but, like, I didn't feel stressed out or pressed for time at all. I'm like, oh, I only got four classes? What? And then that's why, like, I started taking five because I'm like, this is just too much time. I'm like, that's it? Like, I'm used to taking seven classes, like, all this. And then, like, everything was just so, um, I felt like my professors, you know, were just providing me with a lot more information and like I had access to a lot more resources than like when I was in high school. So to me, college felt like a breeze, like academically. I was just like, cool. Like, I got a three page. I'm like, a three page. Because I was also thinking, like, okay, college is going to be like a step up from high school. And it was, but like in the beginning, like, I didn't really feel that transition because they were asking me to do stuff that I was already doing or like that was even less than what I was doing in high school so it'd be like oh just write a three-page paper and da-da-da. I'm like that's it you can't even that's, that's, that's it and then we we don't have a test until the midtime like what I used to be taking tests like every week like and I'm like oh, okay, like, this is, this is, we can do this, so that's when my social life kicked up, you know, I was going out, I was staying up late, you know, like, I was like, the drinking and the drugs, (laughs) (laughs) that's when the drinking and the drugs started, like, I was kicking it, um, and it was fun, uh, I definitely felt a lot, like, I felt a lot more free to, like, be myself also like in college too because it's just like someone really knows you you kind of like making your you know growing into your yourself a little bit more so college was a lot better for me than high school like I definitely was not as stressed out at all in college so what was, what was like it like being in, a, being in a college town because I'm when I went to college I didn't I didn't go to a college town until I was uh 
started getting my PhD. Like, uh, both, my other, both my other, where I got my other degrees, uh, they were in major cities. So I was just... Oh, okay, lucky you. <laughs> so that was the first time um, I've ever been in a college town was, is, is now. But, so how was, what was it like being in a college town coming from Chicago? Well... I personally did not like it. Um, I liked it initially because, of course, it was like, okay, I'm free. I'm with my parents. Like, cool. Like, but when I visited my first school, like when I went to go see my best friend, she went to Stevens in Missouri, which is right next to Mizzou. I was like, the couch sucks. Like, I'm ready to transfer. Like, what (laughs) what type of college town is this? Like, it was just, it was just so small. Um, mainly white people, mainly cornfields. Like, there were, like, two bars in, quote, downtown DeKalb, which was literally downtown DeKalb. It was, like, three blocks. I remember, (laughs) I remember when, okay, so I have been downtown before, but I never knew, right? I never, I didn't know that I was, like, downtown. And so one of my friends was, like, yeah, like, um, she's, like, you want to come with me downtown? Like, I want to, uh, I forgot, like, what she was saying. She's, like, I'm going to go downtown today. Like, you want to come with me? And I'm, like, yeah, like, I've been waiting to go downtown. Like, everybody's talking about downtown the I've never been. Like, then I'm, like, maybe we can, um, um, I'm, like, maybe we can, like, do some shopping or something. And then when I said that, she was, like, I mean, okay, I guess. But she kind of looked at me, like, mm, what? And then, so, we we literally, I remember this so clearly, we were driving, (laughs) we were driving for five minutes, and then she's, like, pulling over to park. I'm like, oh, like, are we, we," I was like, no, I'm like, look, I'm like, are we stopping at, um, at the post office? And she was like, no, like, we're here, and I'm like, this is downtown, she's like, yeah, I'm like, oh, well, I've been downtown before. If this is downtown, I'm like, how far down does it go? And she literally was, like, pointing, like, three lights down. And I'm just like, (laughs) I'm like, this is not downtown. So, like, that was definitely a culture shock for me because it's just, like, none of the buildings were over five or six level stories. Um, There was no, like, the whole downtown was made up of, like, small shops. So, like, little, like, there was like a little thrift shop. There was like a little, uh, like a smoke shop. There was a little grocery slash like corner store. There was like a couple bars. Um, they had like a duckies, like the where everybody got their prom dress and their tux or whatever, and um, like a few restaurants and like that was it. And I'm like. This is not a downtown experience. And then you have to drive if you wanted to get to, like, the Walmarts and, like, the Target and, like, all the, like, chain food restaurants, like Noodles and Company or, like, Longhorn Steakhouse, like, all that. You had to, you had to have a car because there was no way to get there by bus, really. It was, like, weird, oops, like, weird bus routes. And then in a car, you were going to be driving for at least, like, 15 minutes. So, it was no way to, like, walk it. You know what I mean? Well, you could, but it's, like, it's so far. So, everything was just, like, spread out from the campus. Like, there was nothing really on campus to do. Except for, like, when organizations had parties or through had events and stuff. 
so for me, a lot of my college, like, experiences with, um, like, black culture at school was, like, when, or through events, and I would just, like, go to the events, but, like, there was, like, nothing going on, like, in the town, like, for me to do, like, there was a little, now that I'm thinking about it, there was a little, like, bar, restaurant place that would do, like, open mics, and I would do, go to those sometimes, but, yeah, like, other than that, that was it. And then you have to, like, get to Sycamore if you want to, like, go to the movies or go to a bowling alley or anything like that. You had to, like, drive out. And luckily, I had a car, so I was able to, like, do some of that stuff. But it's just, like, you know, you would be amongst the whites if you go to Sycamore. It's just, like, so many white people. And they're, like, the rural, like... Real, real Trump supporter. country. Yeah, yeah. They're like that type of white person. They're not like you know, like the Canadians. We're talking about the civilized yeah. whites. Like they weren't like that. So it was like it was very kind of it was like kind of uncomfortable for me to go to school in a town like that. Like I, I would, I think I would have preferred to go to school in the city. However, I don't know how productive I would have been if I went to school in the city because I was just so ready to be free and like get out of high school and. Stuff like that. I don't know if I had, like, access to what the city offers if I would have, like, been as good of a student. (laughs) So I don't regret it, but I still, like, I still felt like even with college being more freeing, I was, like, lacking something or, like, missing a little piece. Like, Hmm. okay, like, there's still more. There's still more. Like, I'm now I'm ready to get out of here. College flew by, though. High school dragged, it felt like, kind of, to me, but college flew. I was, like, done so quick. I'm like, what? So, when you were emancipated from from DeKalb, (laughs) what was next for show? Um, So, I graduated with a psych degree, even though I initially went to Northern as an illustration major. um, I ended up with a psych degree because um like my freshman year my grandfather passed away and I was just like really sad and I didn't want to I didn't want to come home like I didn't want to like drop out or go to junior college Mm -hmm. um but then I also didn't want to like flunk out of my art classes because art classes are structured so differently than other classes because you get assignments but they're so subjective and they're kind of like free flowing. Sometimes you really do have to use like your creativity, which makes sense. But, um, I just was kind of blocked, you know, cause I was mourning. So I just went, I remember that next semester I took psychology and sociology at the same time. And I was able, I did really well in them without, need like without having to feel like I was doing a lot of extra work so um eventually I kind of just like switched over to taking more psych courses because I was leaning towards changing my major to that and um so when I graduated I was graduating with the intention of working for like a year or two and then applying to grad school um but I first, the first thing I did was case management. I did that right out of, well, the first, first thing I did, I actually, like, 
when I got out of school was over the summer, I was just like helping out like at a daycare until I could like find a job. Cause like I didn't find a job like right away. Um, I graduated in like the, in the fall semester. So my graduation was in December and I was like looking for a job. Couldn't really find one. So by the time the summer came, I was doing that. And then, and coming into the fall is when I have got like I got my first job, and I was doing case management, and that was extremely overwhelming. I had a caseload of eighteen, and I worked at a mental health um, and substance abuse facility, and we have like a methadone clinic on site, and a lot of my clients were, you know. 10, 20, 30 years older than me. Um, Some had kids, some had grandkids. And so it was just really putting me in a very interesting space, especially because, like, um, the the team that I was on at work, we were, our goal was to try to help to get our clients reacclimated, you know, like into either like a job or their own home or apartment situation or, you know, something like that. And so they wanted us to like have a car so that we can like do home visits or like if we needed to like, they, I don't know, like we needed to like drive them somewhere or something like that. And that was a lot for me. (laughs) That was a lot for me. I did it for like two years though. Um, But I I was experiencing a lot of burnout with that, like right away because um, there was just so much paperwork. Like, and then me being like newly graduated, like I was really engaged and engulfed in my position. So it was like, you know, I'm really like, doing like all these services but because you know a lot of the stuff is like grant-based you have to like document in a certain way like after you're doing all these services and stuff like that so it'd be like I would have a whole eight-hour day of me doing my work and my services and meeting with my clients but then for every eight hours of work there's like another like eight to ten hours worth of like paperwork you have to do sometimes because like even when we do like mental health assessments you do the assessment but then you have to like type it in and add like your extra notes and stuff so for me like I was like you know sometimes I would be like taking work home and it was like a salary job so you know of course I'm getting the same pay but I'm just like working all the time like so it was kind of cutting into my social life a little bit like I didn't really have a social life like I was like working a lot like I Finish it off. You, you leaving the uh, 
he left the, uh, what's that, the, uh, the, the methadone clinic, that's where you were? Oh, yeah, yeah, so I worked there initially as a case manager, and then, um, once, and then because, like, you know, I was starting out, and I just graduated, I didn't really have experience, and I didn't have my degree, my uh, graduate degree or anything like that, I didn't have my master's, so I wasn't really making that much money, so... When I learned about the opportunity to be on the grant at Chicago State, that was my next thing. Because I'm like, you know, being an academic advisor, it kind of mirrors counseling, but like in a less intense way. And um, I felt like it would definitely be less stressful for me to do that. And I was going to be making more money. Um, so, and when I was as a case manager, I was working in, uh, in a cubicle and then I'm like, I'll have my own little office. So I felt like, you know, that was a nice step up for me. No pun intended. <laughs> no pun intended. <laughs> so, um, next I was an academic advising at Chicago State. Um, and... Yeah, so that was, like, my next transition, and now, um, now I feel like I have been kind of, like, more recently, um, well, when I, more so when I, like, was leaving Chicago State, I was feeling, like, more called to give back to my, like artistic roots because that's originally like what I really really wanted to do and so because it was like I was just feeling unfulfilled at work so I'm just like um I wanted something that I was a little less uh that was like a little less emotionally draining for me like working at Chicago State wasn't stressful really but it was just like not I didn't feel fulfilled like every day like where it was like okay like I'm really you know doing what I love you know like it wasn't bad I definitely wasn't like so stressed anymore but I didn't feel like I was spending majority of my time like doing what I love to do um so and I mean now that neither one of us work there anymore like I've been kind of like be a little more transparent about that situation um but it has started to get very odd for me because the reason why I even knew about the job is because um Dr. Roundtree was actually my um my boyfriend's mom (laughs) wow (laughs) yeah (laughs) And so I knew her outside of work, and then like while I was working there, me and him broke up. And so That's she, she never, honestly, she was so cool about it. Like she never made me feel weird. There was never any weird things at work. But then this added another layer. So the next layer on top of that was my ex. So not, not, not Doctor Roundtree, but like another, but another ex. His mom was the new, like, nurse practitioner, professor, person that worked there. <laughs> it was following you. Name, 
physically email them because I asked in a meeting, but like, I'm like, let me just email them and carbon copy some other people to the department so it's known that I'm asking for data. Where's the data? <laughs> and there's this where like, are the where are the numbers? They said, Are you emailing us on a criminal conspiracy? <laughs> never responded to me and then literally like I felt like after that they were on me like trying to get rid of me because I kept like every meeting we had I'm like asking for data um I was asking um like uh about like the staff and the administrative part of it like so who's the person who's like coming up with the curriculum what 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 behavioral model are y'all working off of to create these programs like what Where's the research that y'all going off of that this shit even works for our population of kids? You know what I'm saying? <laughs> they said, not your business. <laughs> Nothing. No, for real, Brandon. It was like that for real. And I'm like, are you serious? So y'all just want us to babysit? Yes. <laughs> no, like hell no. No, absolutely not. You think because you provided me with housing and a little minimal like they gave us like a little like meal plan it wasn't like enough to actually survive off of eating but like they give you that at, uh, yeah. at indiana but wow. i'm like you think that that's all it takes for me to just be like okay like man they gave me an extra three they gave me extra three k i'll be like okay i ain't gonna lie <laughs> right that the money wasn't good enough for y'all to be you know, trying to have some shit. And I was just feeling so bad for the kids because I'm like, y'all are doing so many things that are either one, putting them at risk or that are just literally completely unfair. Like y'all don't have the right to do this, but no, it's like nobody knows because I mean, the parents are thinking that it's just, you know, a legit real program like curriculum set up they thinking their kids are actually in here <laughs> getting some life skills and it's like no this is like a joke almost alright so so you exited <laughs> you got off the pace <laughs> right I'm out of there I left pace So, but then when I left pace I just went to I was like I, like, totally got out of, like, counseling, social service. Like, I just was, like, I'm done. I'm done with this, okay? Like, I just can't. Um, and I went into retail. Um, but as I transitioned into retail, because of my schedule and because it just wasn't so taxing, like, I just was – I have a lot more time to pick back up on – I, like, started reading more for leisure as I – writing more looking more photography gigs and like working on that so um and then like I was telling you a little bit earlier like before we started recording uh it gave me honestly because I was able to kind of like work more overtime because it wasn't salary I was able to make more money and like pay off some of my debts and like my credit cards and stuff like that in a very short amount of time because I left pace in 2018 it's 2020 and I only have, like, in about, like, two more payments, I'll be done with my 
third and final credit card, like paying that off, and then I just paid off my car. So in like two years, I've been able to totally like turn my credit around and kind of like I was able to move out and I have my own apartment now. So financially, I was able to kind of like stabilize myself more, which pisses me off actually because it's like. <laughs> I could have gotten into retail without this. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, and I could have came straight out of college, straight out of high school, got my few years of like retail experience, and promoted to like a key holder or something. Then you're in like be in the same spot probably. Uh, but you, you know, need, life is you like need, you, you need your experience. You need it. Yes, you get your experiences, <laughs> and it's fine. Like, I definitely don't regret it, but it's just kind of like a kick in the face to my degree because it's just like. I'm making the same amount of money yeah. <laughs> doing so, something totally different. No, but you, but you needed that college experience, though. I mean, some, sometimes I it's not about the it's not about the degree; it's just about getting the experience. The like a lot, experience. like yeah, like a lot of people who like no, it's easier just go to uh, just go to community college for the first two years and then transfer in, and then you know you save money, which is true. But like, if you if, it's, it's hard for somebody to come in like that third year and try to be on campus because yeah, it is. because people already established like they love friends, they love cliques or whatever, and you know they got they already got inside jokes that you don't know. I'm good. <laughs> <laughs> inside jokes. Yeah, you know you you wonder why they laughing or why they say certain things. You're like, why is that funny? What you like? Oh no, you had to be there. And you know you left and out. You weren't. You're at home. <laughs> you know you were going to Hale, yeah. Washington, and then working on the side. <laughs> right. Yeah, I definitely. I I don't. I don't regret like going to college or anything like that. I do wish though that I kind of just like, even though I did get my psych degree, I wish I didn't like push my focus so far over to that. Like I wish I still was doing art in the meantime and still kind of like putting it on my Instagram or, like, had, like, a website or a blog or how people, like, make so much money off stuff like Instagram and their social media platforms now. Yeah. I kind of wish I just still, like, kept it going, like, as a side thing instead of, like, being like, okay, like, I'm just going to not do art anymore. Like, that's just not going to be my thing anymore. I kind of, like, pushed it off as if it was, like, not a part of me anymore. And it's, like, it really was still just mainly like really what I wanted to do so I think I still should have kept up with it a little bit more but you know mm-hmm. it is what it is alright so I don't feel too derailed nah I feel you're on the right path so just to wrap up I use just a couple of more questions one what's the future for Miss Shelby Cherie next I guess six months or so Okay. <laughs> Next six months or so. Let's see. Um, no debt except my student loans. So we're not going to talk about that. Hopefully. Man, Joe Biden, man. They, I voted right, for hopefully you. Hopefully. <laughs> you got to do it crazy, you know, Joe. <laughs> right. <laughs> so no debt. Um, I hope to be transitioning into uh, like luxury retail. So I can start to make like some commission and make a little bit more money. Mm-hmm. Um, and I plan to start to release 
my photography and my writing on a consistent basis on the internet to try to gain or get an audience and like eventually like be able to monetize off of one of the other because I don't know if you've ever heard of Medium yes. but it's like a platform yeah so I want to get I want to be a part of one of Medium's publications but I know that I need to practice like my writing more they have certain guidelines for different publications and stuff like that but like I kind of want to get myself used to writing in a certain type of way um before I try to like submit to the publication but I would like to start to try to make some money from my writing um in that way and also continue to either create and direct or actually shoot or um short films or like photo shoots and stuff mm-hmm. and I um I have a subscription to even though it's not like an actual like class but like I have like a subscription and master class and I'm obsessed with Issa Rae mm-hmm. and she has a master class now so I really want to do like her master class and see if I can learn some things about like kind of trying to branch out into doing like my own production or creating my own visuals and stuff even though honestly I feel like I'm ready I just my main thing for me is not even skill it's like my own personal confidence mm-hmm. so the last couple years I've been working on my own confidence just to be brave enough and bold enough to just like you know no matter where I am to just be vulnerable and transparent and put things out there because I'm like I feel like I just keep trying to wait to be like the best or like wait till I'm like 100% to even release anything but I know I'm holding myself back when I do that so I'm trying to get over that hump within my confidence and I, I think I'm close like I've made some really good strides um but 2021 is really about me like really exposing myself and putting out my vulnerability so that I can start to, like, make money from my art in the future. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And, okay, this is, I asked this for all my guests. Uh, what was the last book that you read? The last film or movie that you watched? And the last song that you listened to? Last book was The Power of the Subconscious Mind. Last movie was I've been watching a lot of reality TV lately, like shows. I'm trying to think of the last movie I watched. Um, I don't know the last movie I watched. It's going to bug me. Hold on. I can tell you the last song I listened to first, though. Okay. Let me see. Because I literally just have my... um. I was just listening to my title. Was it was it Sada Baby? No, <laughs> it was okay. The last song that I listened to was "Rose in Harlem" by Tiana Taylor. Cool. <laughs> cool. <laughs> um, this movie thing. Okay, uh, maybe I can. Let, the last two films I watched maybe maybe may help you. I watched Soul on Disney Plus. I want to watch that. I need to see that. I've been hearing it so good. Did you yeah. like it? Yeah, it's. I mean, though, I think it's more towards older children. It's not for little children. It's more for older children than adults. Which is fine. Yeah. Older children watch cartoons. And uh, I watched uh, Sylvie's Love on Amazon. Oh. That's with uh, Tessa Thompson and. Uh, Namdi Asamoah. 
don't know who that is. Uh, Should I know who that is? You, you, you don't. You've seen him. You don't. You probably don't know him unless you're a sports. His fan. name. Unless oh, you're a sports. Yeah. He played for the no. Oakland Raiders, but he's also Kerry Washington's husband. Oh, okay. Okay. So I you've seen him. Is. You've seen him. Yeah, yeah. I've seen him. <laughs> yeah, he's uh, okay. it's it's uh, it's on Amazon Prime. It's about uh, it's a love story, a black love story about a jazz musician and a young lady who's into uh news uh television production, and they their little love story in the fifties and sixties. Oh, that sounds so cute. Yeah, I, I love a good black love story. Yeah, it's on Amazon Prime. So if you have time, you can check that out. Oh, yeah, for sure, because I have, like, everything. Oh, you know what? The last movie I watched was Sex in the City, the first one. <laughs> that was a lot. But I've seen it a million times, so, like, that's not the last, like, movie. Actually, I, 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 I love the song at the end, that Jennifer Hudson song. I love that oh, song. Oh, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I love that song. I love Sex in the City. Oh, you hear they, they're coming back? I heard, but, some, but they're not going to have Samantha. Yeah, so I'm like, why are you coming back? But they said Sarah Jessica Parker and um, I forget the lady, her actual name to play Samantha. I remember, though, when the show was over and people were asking would they ever do a reboot and stuff, and they were talking about how, like, they just don't feel like they can work together anymore. Yeah, like, I think they never say that anything happened, but I think something, like, personal happened where it's like, you know, like, I'm not, I don't hate her, so I'm not going to, like, put her business out there, but I just not gonna work with her, you know. Yeah, because they try to say that like nothing happened, but I'm like something happened because for that to be one of the like biggest shows, like for both of them, like their careers, and for so many people to like want a reboot and stuff like that, it's like y'all had to have went through something serious to not want to do that yeah. anymore. Yeah, but but I don't know. She might come back because I never thought the uh, original unveil would get back with Will Smith and. <laughs> they made up. <laughs> uh, <laughs> and we go end up with Shelby because Shelby knocked out her. <laughs> Jesus Christ! Because Shelby knocked out was combing her hair and she knocked out. <laughs> she knocked off the call. <laughs> yes. Yeah, but I don't know. They, they might be able to make up. But, I hope so because it's like what are, I'm like I don't know what they're gonna say happened to her because throughout the series Samantha had moved to California you know Sex and the City is like in New York and like they would have her just like fly in and she was still a part of the episode so it's not like they could say she moved yeah like so I, and I know that she, Samantha does she has like she gets cancer like on the show but she like you know goes through chemo and she's like in remission and stuff like that so i'm just like i'm hoping they don't like kill her off like like it came back and it was aggressive and she died so sad and then like it's just like well they try to replace her with with a new friend to Derek on Grey's anatomy i was so pissed they killed him and i'm like so he's never coming back huh Mm. great like but that's because him and Shonda Rhimes got into it, so. Hey, don't, don't mess with Can't the Can't be getting into it with Shonda, right? Can't be getting into it with Shonda. But and she's signing your checks. Shelby, thank you so much for joining us You're on this welcome. episode. And I hope thank we you hope so much for having me. We hope to have I you again. I appreciate it. 
And yes, anytime. Because uh, I'll be doing another episode with a friend of mine. We're going to talk about 90s R&B. So if you want to join. Oh, I love 90s R&B. So if you want to join us for that, it will be yes. via Zoom unless I can do a three-way with through Google. I'll, I'll figure out a, a good way to get it clear and work out yeah. my signal problems. <laughs> Absolutely, just keep me posted. Let me know. Yeah, and um, I'll be around in a city near you. Yes. So, as always, you can catch something for the people on Podbean, which is our home uh, hosting platform for this podcast, but also on Spotify. Something for the people on one word, like Music Soul Show. Uh, <laughs> on Apple Podcasts. Like on Music Google. Soul Show. Yeah, it's it's it's, it's on something for the people is all one word. Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google Podcasts, and hopefully, if there's if they stop having beef with us, we'll be on iHeart Radio. If they stop oh, hating nice. us, <laughs> if they stop Why hating, they hate y'all? Because they haven't they haven't responded to my request to add my podcast, so I assume they hate oh, me. Oh my god! <laughs> but as always, thank you, thank you, everyone who's listened to this podcast. Please share with your friends. Always be good and drink your water. Peace. Yes.